turn in our Bibles this morning to Ephesians 3. I'm going to read out of the Living Bible. Thanks, team. That's great. I might just keep you, Lisa, if you don't mind. Thanks. I'm going to read you out of the Living Bible of this scripture this morning in Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. I remember this being one of the favorite scriptures of mine when I was growing in the Lord. In fact, I actually uh, learnt it and memorized it. At that time, I had a Living Bible, so I memorized it in Living Bible. And as I was praying um, about this message, this scripture just kept coming to me in the Living Bible. And this message is called How to Flourish in God. Amen. Who wants to flourish in God? Who wants to grow in God? Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. I'm going to read out the Living Bible. It will be up there. So if you've got a different translation, you can read it from up on the screen. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvellous love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, that is, though it is so great to understand fully, that though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. The thing I want to focus in the scriptures, may your roots grow down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. Isn't that a beautiful translation of that scripture? May your roots grow down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. You know, it's spring and I've been thinking about spring and who, who's got a green thumb? Anyone got a green thumb? I know that you have, Fleur. Andrew went to put his hand up. I nearly, what? And uh, Julie just got for her birthday a whole bunch of stuff from Andrew to plant a garden when they renovate the house for a new garden. And in amongst this stuff, there's a shovel and, you know, all the stuff that a woman would need. And then in the middle of it is this really expensive axe, really sharp weighs a ton and Julie uh, you know took it all out and said what's the axe for Andrew that's for you isn't it and he goes oh yeah I just couldn't resist and um, I don't know what he's going to do with it but it looks good anyway it's shiny and it's sharp and I hope he doesn't cut someone's foot off with it but anyway she got an axe and so in springtime we get into this whole planning thing and we were praying here on the land um, a couple of weeks ago we've been praying you know, having prayer meetings, now we have four a week. Back then we were doing like uh, every day of the week for 21 days. And we were praying over the land and I, we were praying, Lord, let the roots go down deep of the people in this church. Let their roots go down deep. And I looked out over the um, maple trees that we had planted that Pastor Phil said, we've got to have trees around the boundaries of the church and I, I want to see them grow because he's just got this passion about planting a tree because it means that you're staying somewhere, doesn't it? And I remember my nephew, he had like a family that moved all the time. He never had stable home life. 
And there was this old pot plant on my mother's front porch that was just like dying. It was a tree, but it was like, it was root bound, it was dry, had no soil left, it was really sad on my mother's front porch. And I said, Mum, please let me save that tree. Let me take it home and save it. And I had my nephew Cody with me at the time. He was probably about eight or nine. I said, Cody, we're going to plant this tree. We're going to see it grow. So we took it back to my house. He dug a hole in the backyard and he planted it and he put it in there. And he said, this is my tree, Aunty Julie, because I've never had a place where I could plant a tree before. And I know you're going to stick around a long time, Aunty Julie, because you're stable. And, and you know what? I took a, a photo of that tree. He's like, how old is Cody now, 28, something? 20, 28, so, you know, talking 20 years. And um, I took a photo of that tree just recently, in the hugest tree in my backyard, in full pink bloom of colour. It was the most, ama- it's the most amazing tree. I sent it to him and I said, your roots are still going down, Code. They're still here. It's a profound thing when you put your roots down somewhere and then you begin to flourish because roots go down. And I was looking at the maple trees because Phil's got this thing about planting and when, when he did some work for someone, you know, about, I don't know how many years ago it was, about 25 years ago, um, he did some work for somebody and they said, I haven't got any money to pay you, I'll give you a, a, a very precious cedar tree. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, this used to be Cedar Farm and our home that we live in now was the original Cedar Farm house like it's our, our house is over 100 years old and it was the original Cedar Farm house so Phil loves cedar all our windows are cedar you know he just loves wood and so this guy gives him this little cedar tree it's like a little sprig thing and he says I'll pay you in a cedar tree so he didn't, what, he didn't realise how precious that was to Phil because to him it was like, wow. And he's not a gardener at all. He kills everything that I plant. He gets the whippersnapper. Kills all my tomatoes. Oh, like he's killed that many things. I could, mm. And that, you know, oh, this garden's got some weeds in it. Oh, it's got some flowers too, but we'll just take it all down so that it gets rid of the weeds and the flowers will grow again, love. Don't worry about it. And so he gets this tree. And I see him take it out the back and think, what the heck is he doing? Like, he never plants anything. But he digs this hole and he puts his tree out and he's just out there for hours just praying over this little twig in the ground. He's just praying. This tree will grow. It will grow straight and strong and it will be a sign of the inheritance for my children. It's going to grow. And as it got up a bit, it started to bend like that. So he tied a little rope around it, made sure it's straight. And it's growing, it's growing. He's watering it, he's watering it. I've never seen him look after anything thing. Today, that tree would be, how tall, Phil? 12 metres. 12 metres. How much is that in feet for all of us that are over 50? 40 feet, about 40 feet. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And it is amazing. It's just like Phil's, it just is, and it's straight as a die. Do you know what I mean? It's straight as a die. And those roots are down and it's growing and it's strong. So Phil's got this thing. Now be quiet now. Phil's got this thing. (laughs) He's got this thing about planting trees now because 
It means ownership. It means like we're here, we're staying. And so he went and he got some maple trees. He wanted to plant them right around the borders of this land. And so he planted bang, 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 bang. Now, after we planted for a while and they were just starting to take off, um, guess what happened? The thief came. Somebody came and actually took them out of the ground. About how many? Ten of them. Seven. Seven. Took, took them out of the ground and stole them. I couldn't believe it. Who would steal from a church? Someone that doesn't want their life to go too well, I tell you that. And they stole our palm trees out the front, so, yep. But they stole, they stole them. And, you know, and that happens in our Christian lives as well. Like, we'll get, we'll get new Christians saved in this church, or people will just come and they're new, and then the enemy comes to kill and to rob and destroy, doesn't he, and to, and to take that, that thing away. And we've got to fight for that, amen. We've got to fight for the new plantings of the Lord in, in this place. We've got to fight for that. When you, when you hear that three kids gave their heart to the Lord on Friday night, you go, oh, that's nice. <sighs> but you think three souls. That, what if that was soul was you? What if that soul was you? Would you want someone to be praying for you, that your roots would go down, that no one would come and steal you, that the devil wouldn't come and steal you from God's house? Amen. Begin to pray for our new Christians. And if you're a young Christian yourself, know that we cover you in prayer. Amen. And then, so, then there's other, the other trees that are still there. Phil's looking at me and saying, I don't understand of it. Some of them are just taken off and some of them are just like really small and we planted them all the same time. And it so depends on whether those trees can send out their roots. Is that right? It's all to do with the root systems of a tree. And if we, we would send out our roots, if we would choose to send out our roots, then our roots would go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love, into the soil of God's marvelous church, into the soil of God's marvelous family, and we will begin to prosper. We will begin to flourish in the house of our God. Amen. Is that true? You know, um, there, was a, there was a preacher that I heard speaking one day. And he said, it's one thing to go where God has planted you. Yet it's a totally another thing to choose to put your roots down. And, and I thought about that. I thought about that, well, there's some people in church that, are like choosing to put their roots down and there's other people just say, oh, I'm just a pot plant, just a pot plant. No, I don't want to put my roots down. I'm here. God has put me here, but I'll just stay in my pot. Thank you very much. And, and, and you know what? Pot plants are great. They're wonderful. And they do flourish to a certain extent, but they need constant attention. They need constant replanting. And they never really take off. They're always just stuck. At a, they only grow to a certain level and they're stuck. I got this beautiful wisteria plant given to me by one of my dear friends uh, when I was 40. Uh, for my 40th birthday. And again, it was only a little pot, but I love wisteria. Wisteria is like a purple, it's like a vine that grows and then it's got this big purple flower that just hangs. Big purple flowers. Gorgeous plant, isn't it? Isn't it, Hazel? You know what I'm talking about. And I just loved it. And when I got it, I was so excited. I got a wisteria plant. She said, it'll take you a while to get flowers because 
They don't get flowers till they're more mature. So I, again, I've got it in a pot plant. I'm nurturing, I'm nurturing it. The next year I transplant it to another pot plant. I'm nurturing it. And I want to keep it in a pot plant because I want to keep it where I can see it. I want to keep it safe where I can see it. I don't really trust to put it in the big backyard way down there in case Jesse's horse gets it again. Jesse's horse used to eat everything. And that, and and so I want to keep it in a pot plant where I can see it, and I want to look at its beauty, and I want it to be close to me. And so, you know, it's been 12 years now. Do the maths. 12 years, actually, last week, since I had that plant, and I've transplanted it into the biggest pot plant I can get. I can't lift it. It's that big, and it's beautiful, and it's got all this green foliage. But you know what? After 12 years, last year I got two flowers. This year I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm seeing the buds come out. I'm going to get flowers all over this thing this year. I just know it. I've given it food. I've given it water. And you know what? Three flowers. And they only lasted a couple of days and they just went bleh. And then all the green came out and I've got vine again. Do you know what I mean? And, I, and I'm so frustrated because... I drive up Church Street, and up Church Street in Wyong, there's a wisteria plant that's growing wild right up the side. No one cares for it. No one trims it. No one looks after it. And it's full of flowers. I mean, it is full of flowers because it's got its roots in the ground. Do you know what I mean? I'm really tempted to put my wisteria in the ground. I'm getting tempted. Come on. (laughs) And I guess you've got a choice. You've got a choice. It's your choice. See, God can put you in a place, but then you've got a choice. Okay, will I be a pot plant or will I be planted in the soil? Will I choose to allow my roots to go down to the soil of God's marvelous love? In my relationship with him, in my marriage, in my kids, in my friendships, you know, in this church, will I allow my roots to go down? Or will I just remain a pot plant and stay safe and look kind of nice sometimes and just survive? Or can I flourish in God? Amen. Here's here's some stuff here that I wrote down, some advice that might help you with your decision. (laughs) Pot plants have a lifespan that either needs to be repeatedly repotted due due to being root-bound or they can be dwarfed, deformed and fruitless. Um, The same thing with my fruit tree that Tim and Louise and the Phillipses bought me for my 50th birthday. (laughs) And um, it's like like one that's been grafted together, so it's got like, I think it's plums on one side and nectarines on the other. Um, yeah, it's a really good tree and it's really pretty in the pot plant. Not one fruit yet. And I'm just thinking that maybe this year we need to get it in the ground. Amen. And I need to get it growing because I want some fruit on my tree. Who wants some fruit on their tree? <laughs> Do you know what? And Josie said this to me last night. She heard Phil Pringle preaching on this. And, um, and she said, he said that a tree never... To get fruit, it doesn't have to do that. No, it goes uh, 
to get the roots out. That's the main work that the tree has to do. Not, there's no work in bearing fruit. If, if the roots are down, the, root, the fruit just happens. Amen? The roots are down, the fruit just happens. If you plant it in good soil, the roots go down deep, you draw your own nutrients. You don't need to be spoon-fed all the time. Amen? You start to draw your own nutrients from the soil. Do you know that if your roots aren't in this church, you may never receive the blessing that's on this house because your roots aren't in the soil, therefore you can't receive the nutrients. The Word of God will just go like that. The prayers will just go like that. You know, the, the anointing will just go like that. And it's just like, oh, it's great, it's lovely, but like I receive it on Sunday, by Monday I'm dry again because it's not going in. It's not going in. The nutrients aren't getting in. Amen? And the other thing is that it will begin to draw its own water. You know, and of course, we know that the nutrients that we need, um, the nutrients that we need are the Word of God. Is that right? So when we start to put our roots down, we actually start to draw the Word of God into our lives and we start to get, come to maturity. How many of you know when you put your roots down, you get grow up into maturity? And then you start to say, hey, I can read the Word for myself. Actually, I feel like I could preach like Jessie did the other night and like she's preaching on Tuesday down at Oxford Falls in front of 200 people <laughs> for a second sermon. <laughs> you know, that, that's good fruit. Amen. But, you know, you can start to say, hey, I think I have something to give myself. My roots have gone down so deep that the Word of God is starting to make sense to me. Like I see that in you, Peter. Like I see that the roots going down to this church are starting to develop something inside of you that's beginning to come out. Like the Word of God is locked up in your heart. And I just see that you love the Word. I know the Word speaks to you. And God's doing great things inside of your life because you're starting to draw your own nutrients. Amen. And that's what happens. Amen. Isn't that good? And you'll grow into maturity and you'll bear much fruit. What's the fruit? You know, love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, goodness, long-suffering. Have I missed any? Self-control. I always miss that one, Jamie. <laughs> we should be planted. Listen to this carefully. We should be planted not for the sake of man, but for the sake of God and his kingdom. You know, I don't want you to say, oh, I'll be planted in this church because I love Phil and Julie or, you know, I just I feel sorry for them so I'll get planted in the church and, yeah, support them or whatever. Do you know, you're not planted here for Phil and Julie or for any of this leadership team or if you're a youth person, you're not planted here because of Garth. If you're a Yars person, you're not planted here because of Candice and Luke. Amen? You're planted here for God's sake, for his sake. We're all here for God's sake. For God's sake, we're here for God's sake, aren't we? And for his kingdom, Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. A lot of people don't want to be planted because they don't trust. No, I'll just keep my pot. Just keep my pot. I'll be in the church, but I've got my pot. You know what? You know what? Mary smashed her alabaster jar. She got rid of her pot and she just poured it out over Jesus' feet. You know, trust God. Don't trust me. 
I'm probably not trustworthy because I'm going to make lots of mistakes and so is Pastor Phil because at the end of the day, what are we? Humans. It's called human. Human. Amen? And we'll make mistakes, we'll do things wrong but listen, you're not planting this house because of Phil and Julie. I mean, we're 50 for goodness sake. Do you know what I mean? We're not going to be here forever. But you're planting this house because of God. Amen. For the sake of God. And so it says, But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, who can, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Amen. And then 1 Corinthians 6, 6 says this. This is Paul speaking. I, Paul, planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God, but it was God, but it was God who made it grow. It's not up to Phil and I to make you grow. And if you look at us as being the ones, you'll never grow. We can water you. We can plant the seed in you. But it's God that makes it grow. Amen. And as you plant yourself and you let your roots go down to the soil of God's marvelous love in this place, then you will grow. Amen. You will bear fruit. And, you, and God will make you grow. God will make you grow. And do you know when God makes you grow, it lasts forever. Come on. When you grow it because of a man, if that man falls, bang. Do you know what I mean? But when God makes you grow, it lasts forever. You just keep growing and growing and growing because your roots are in the soil of God's love, not in a person. Amen. Being planted takes commitment. And I love this, this uh, phrase here that Steve Penny put on Facebook last week. It says, the essence of love is contained in the vessel of commitment. And we can all say that we have love, but it must be contained in a vessel of commitment. Love, commitment go together, don't they? You know, we can all talk about free love in the 60s. It was a mess. No, love and commitment go together. If we just look at the marriages today, look at the marriages. I mean, I don't know what the stats are, but it's, I think there's one in four marriages that fail. It could be more than that. One in two, 50% of marriages fail. It must be one in four in ministry because I heard those stats and it wouldn't surprise me either. I mean, we need commitment. We need commitment. We need people... In this age of, of no commitment, no respect, no honour, we need to reintroduce these things and say, look, I'm here and I'm stuck and I'm committed and it doesn't matter if you're having a bad hair day, if you've got a few warts, if you put on a bit of weight, you know, whatever it is, I'm here. And that's, you know, there's been times in our marriage and in our commitment to each other, surely there is in every marriage where you go, I don't even know why I married you. And, you know, you go through these seasons, don't you, Hazel? And then you go, why did I marry you? And then two days later, it's like, oh, I'm so in love. You're amazing because you're stuck two days out. I mean, imagine if you just stick it out, stick it out, work it out. No one's perfect. No one is going to meet all your needs. No one can meet all your needs. 
No marriage partner, no pastor, no friend. No one can meet all your needs except God. Amen? Except God. Amen. So make a commitment. We just said when we got married, I, you know, I made this vow to Phil, for better or worse. The thing with Phil is he just gets better all the time, so I got a great deal then. I haven't seen many worses. And then, and then better looking, definitely. Oh, keep your shirt on in church, by the way. And in good times and in bad, we made a commitment to one another. For richer or for poorer, you know, we haven't had many riches either, really, Phil. But anyway, I love you, Paul. I'm satisfied. And um, do you know that Jesus and the Bible talks about the church being like a bride, like a marriage, commitment. When you make a commitment to a church, to Jesus Christ, you're actually coming into a covenant agreement that, that, the, that the Word of God speaks of as marriage. That you're actually saying to that church and to that people group, for better or for, for richer or poorer, for better or worse, in sickness and in health, I'm here. I'm here. And my roots are down. We're going through this storm together. We're going to see the good times together. We're going to have our babies together. We're going to do our dedications. We're going to do life together. We're going to travel together. And it doesn't matter, my friends, my pastor, my fellow Christian, what you go through, I'm here. I'm zipping it up and I'm here. Amen. And we're going to work this out together, for better or worse, richer or poorer. I mean, I've seen so many marriages break over ridiculous things. I've seen so many churches split over ridiculous things. That should never have happened. If people would just say, I'm here, I'm mature, I'm committed, my roots are down, my needs are met in God, and I'm here to bless my brothers and sisters, to bless God, and to build his kingdom for his kingdom's sake. Amen? Yeah. Friendship takes commitment. How many people know that children take commitment? How many people have babies and don't count the cost? Count the cost. Stay committed to children. Children deserve committed parents. Two of them. They deserve two parents, not of the same sex. They deserve a mom and a dad. Amen? And they deserve to grow up in a normal home. And they deserve to be loved. And they deserve not to hear you fighting and punching each other and all that stuff. You need to get committed in every area of your life. Young people, get committed to your parents. Pay your board. Clean your room. Come on. Spoken like a mother. Yeah. Friendship takes commitment. How many people know friendship takes commitment? I tell you, some of the greatest friends I have are the friends that have stood by me. My Fleur is one of them. I would say Fleur has been a fantastic friend to me. And she never says much, but she's like a rock behind me. And every time I turn around, she's just there. Are you all right? Do you want lunch? Do you me a present? Praying for you? I mean, it just doesn't... It takes, it takes a lot to be committed to somebody especially someone like me who's in a position like I am and goes through things like I do, it takes a lot. The devil will want to take out friends from you because friends support you, amen? Amen? Paulie's another great friend. Joe has become a friend. I've got so many good friends now, amen? I've got people that love me and support me and, and lift me up. And my girls, my daughters are probably the best friends I've got in the world. 
Jessica's a good talker and a good listener. Amen. Thank you for your listening ears, Jessica. And Jamie's a good hugger. Amen. Yeah. But clean your room, Jamie. (laughs) Is that manipulation? Yeah. And... um, in a, and why are you thinking about pray for my daughter, Gemma? Because she had glandular fever that's developed into, um, what's that thing called? Chronic fatigue syndrome. She can hardly get out of bed. She has a few days out of bed. She crashes again. And so pray for her, please. She's at home in bed right now. And I'm a good mummy standing here preaching, worrying about my little girl at home. So just pray for her. It takes commitment. I'm here. I'm committed to this place. My 15-year-old daughter's at home needs me. And I say, Gemma, I'll just go preach the gospel. I'll come back and love on you. I'm committed to both. Amen. To get deeper roots, to flourish, we need the word. We said that. And there's a scripture there that you can write down, Isaiah 55, 10. To get deeper roots and to flourish, we need to choose righteousness and holiness. Amen. You know, you're never going to flourish if you keep choosing sin. And I know that we're all sinners. I know we all fall short of the glory of God. I know we all have temptation, but we can choose. Amen? We can choose. And you know, Jesus gives us the strength to choose. And as we put our roots down deep, as we get people around us, as we you know, let go of our pot plants and let people get near us, to nurture us, to love us, to feed us the word, to strengthen us, you know, sin just becomes smaller and smaller. Phil always said this, he said, when I came into the church, I didn't try and stop sinning. I just tried to seek God. And as God filled me up, You know, I just got so full of God that stuff just popped off the top. It was like I just didn't... No one told me, you don't need to do that, you don't need to do that, you don't need to do that. It was just like I got so full of God, I didn't need that stuff anymore. I didn't need that way of life anymore. I just wanted God. Holiness is a beautiful thing. Amen. And and, and here I've got written here, deep roots, great fruit. And we've said that. 2 Kings 19.30 is a great scripture. Once more, a remnant of the house of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. I don't know about you, but I want to be that remnant. I want to be that remnant of people who decide to put their roots down somewhere and bear fruit above. Amen. And it says this, Blessed is the man, Psalm 1-1, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And look at this. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Amen? Nearly done. I love this. With deep roots, we will come to maturity and we will display his glory. And, of course, that's my passion, that the church would come to a place, we as a people will come to a place where we display the glory of the Lord. Amen. Isaiah 61.3 says this, and they will be called oaks of righteousness. Can you imagine big oak trees? I mean, really well-planted oak trees, strong beautiful oak trees, a planning of the Lord for the display of his splendor. You know, people will look at you, they'll just say, you seem strong to me. You seem planted to me. You seem stable to me. That's what I need in my life. 
I don't need a friend who's a pot plant. I need a friend that's got roots down. I need someone that can put my tree down and give me some roots somewhere I can belong, somewhere I can stay, somewhere I can be accepted, somewhere I can be loved, somewhere I can be embraced. I need a family. When people come into this church, they can sense if we're a pot plant church or whether we've got roots down. And people in this, especially in this community, and especially in this day and this age, they need stability. They need stable, strong, mature people who choose to put their roots down and to grow so they can give shade to them while they're growing. So they can give nutrients to them while they're growing. Amen. You can go go and say to someone, come on, grow under my shade. There's a great place right here where the sun won't get you. I will put my leaves over you. I will protect you. I will pray for you. I will love you. I will give you the word of God. We'll be a church that choose to put our roots down so that we can call others and it's a safe place for them to put their roots down. Amen. They're not banging into pot plants, but they've got good soil to come into. And prayer is the most important thing that we have in this church that gets this soil ready, breaks up the fallow ground, lets the roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvellous love. And then it's because of the Holy Spirit and the watering that this church gets through the presence of God that people come and they can get their roots down and they can drink from that living water where they'll never thirst again. This is the type of house that we are. This is the type of church we are. And if you just get rid of your pot plants, let your roots go down, drink from the living water, draw the nutrients from the word of God that's being given to you. Draw the nutrients from the love of God in this place. Don't stay in your pot plant rejecting and being safe. Be free. Smash your pot. Pour it on Jesus' feet. Amen. And come out in the name of Jesus Christ. And the last scripture is this, Revelations 22 and 1 to 2. And, it's, and, and, and in the scripture, it's this, with deep roots, we will discover our deeper calling and be used by God to bring healing to others. After all, isn't that why we are here? Amen. If, 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 we, if we had finished what we're supposed to do, we'd be home by now. But we're here to be used, amen? And God will use everybody and anybody. He, knows, he needs all types. Revelations 22, 1-2. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb and down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Lord, we want so much, we want so much to put our roots down, to grow up, to come to maturity, to be people, Lord, that bear much fruit. And then we want our leaves, our fingers, our hands, to be healing to the nations. And that doesn't just mean physical healing. That means spiritual, emotional healing. That means that whatever you touch is going to change because your, your, your life will become a spiritual place where God can just come work through you. In Jesus' name, amen.